On this episode of the Nasa Deluge, we're continuing with the epic of Gilgamesh. Now that Enkidu and Gilgamesh are buds, the real adventures begin. There are some epic battles ahead, so strap in and enjoy. All right, here we are, back again. Let's Enki do it. Let's Enki do it up. That's right. That's our new theme. What would Enki do? That's right. We're going to get a t-shirt out there. That'd be sweet. What, Selling what t-shirts. Enki do? Yeah. It'd but, be like uh, one of those, like, you know how computer nerds have, like, these shirts that no one gets except for them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or some comic book nerds might, or... There's all, I guess all yeah. types of nerddom has that. I think it's cool. That, yeah. We could like get a shirt that said, what would Anki do? <laughs> and then everyone's, then just go out into the public. Yeah, and people would be like, what's that? But every once in a while you would see someone go. What would Anki do? What would Anki do? <laughs> or, I'll tell you what he do. What do you do? He yeah. would, uh, he would say, uh-uh. Uh-uh. He would do the right thing is what he would do. Enki, oh, Enki's, Enki Enki is kind of the conscious of Gilgamesh in a way. Yeah. Um it's the kind of make and so in our in our last episode we just did the um the first part of the epic of Gilgamesh. Yeah. And basically it's it's basically all Enki do at that point. Right? Yeah. Gilgamesh it's, it's is a the punk seduction king. of or so the, the civil people, civil civilizing of man or of of this particular correct, wild man. Correct. Yeah. So there's a punk king that rules over as a tyrant in a way. Mm-hmm. That people cry out. Yeah, he's he's taking all the sons. He's making love to all the daughters, all yeah. the virgin daughters. Yeah, you know, before the husbands. E- yeah. Anyway, and so on the their wedding cry day, out wedding. And to the gods. The gods have mercy, and they create Enkidu, and Enkidu becomes human by civilized. Uh, civilized. Let's, let's, let's yeah. call it civilized. By by the the by a by a woman. Yeah. I mean, and that's what we were talking about. The it's just the natural state. Man, okay. I mean, I know this is a huge generalization, but on left to his own devices would just run wild. It's the civilizing effect of a woman that makes him build civilizations and all that stuff. Yeah, you're right. And this is you know you can I know it's a, it's a this theme. is a, this is a this is all like. Th- theoretical and stuff but i know i know that i often for myself i'm married i have a family i often think about like life choices i've made and i think of how many how how little of the choices that i've made i would have i would have made if i was just by myself well think about you know like whenever we care as much well you weren't single you're married but when we used to play D &D and stuff yeah you know i mean but i have kids though oh that was that was the difference yeah 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 so we, I mean, basically it's, it's the Mountain Dew theme. I got the Mountain Dew. <laughs> and actually this, this goes to the, as, as they go on this journey to the mountains of Dew. Get it? You know, they yeah. do though. But, yeah. Um, that, do. that it's, you know, like it's whenever that thing happens to where all of a sudden you're playing with your friends and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, uh, and then all of a sudden, guys start noticing girls and things change. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely the teenage years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, your buddies are kind of like 
doing different things, wearing different clothes and all this stuff. Yeah. Like, hey, man, what happened? Freaking. We just used to hang out. Yeah. You know, and also, but that's just the civilizing effect. So it's a cool theme, though, that we found. Yeah, or is. that I thought, and I was like, whoa, this is really, like, for such an old text, you, it's a cool, you know, uh, pretty insightful thing. Even though it's, some of it is almost like in a ridiculous style. Sure. Like, over the top, like, okay, he brings the harlot out, and he's like, okay, uncover your breasts and yeah. show yourself and he'll 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 teach him the ways of a teach woman him, or yeah whatever, or, teach yeah. him your the woman's art the woman's art yeah <laughs> be a pro so it, that w- but it's a cool it's got some very cool themes yeah so if you haven't watched or listened to our last episode this is actually the second episode we're doing on epic of gilgamesh and it was good so we're going to start off this one is we're starting off with the with the the forest journey yeah and again we're doing the nk sanders uh, version. Yep. And so Gilgamesh and Enkidu just became friends. Mm-hmm. And Enkidu kind of prompted him to start doing better things. Yeah. He's like, you know, you're the king. Or at least this, this is our interpretation. Like, yeah. Hey, you've got the strength of a freaking cow. Yeah. But, you know, or but a you bull. also have your responsibilities but because you're you, you are king too. That you're, you're given the strength by your mother. You know, but God made you king, so you need to live up to that responsibility. Anybody can break stuff, but only a, a good man can be king. So, and this is interesting because there is a whole a whole bunch of text missing. Okay, because I, 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 I was looking in like thirteen lines or whatever, <coughs> or more than that, twenty nine lines missing. Because all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, it just jumps in. So something happens. Where, what's his in name? Interpreting a dream. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Enki. Okay. So, um, uh, Enlil of the mountain, the father of the gods, had decreed the destiny of Gilgamesh. So Gilgamesh dreamed, and Enkidu said, "Okay, so we missed the dream. We don't know what the dream That's is. Right. Usually, they'll yep. tell you the dream. Also, and they say it like it has Enkidu. Yeah." Yeah, there'll probably be like three dreams that are pretty much the same thing, you know, like the same theme or two dreams, but all it doesn't have the dream. All of a sudden, Enkidu is interpreting it. The meaning of the dream is this. That's right. Okay. The father of the gods has given you kingship, such as your destiny. Everlasting life is not your destiny. Okay. So this uh, is this is a big theme now. It is a, and this this will be running throughout starts the to whole be a, thing. Starts to be a bigger theme now. Because of this, do not be sad at heart. Do not be grieved or oppressed. He has given you power to bind and to loose, to be the darkness and the light of mankind. You can be, you know, either one. He's given you all this power. He has given you unexplained supremacy over the people, victory in battle, from which no fugitive returns. Um, but do not abuse this power. Deal justly with your servants in the palace. Deal justly before Samash. The Samash is the sun god. The sun, yeah. And so he, you know, there's a, hey, he hasn't given you eternal life. What is he? What is he? He has not given you. Everlasting life is not your destiny. Yeah. But he has given you all this other stuff. All that, you know. But we don't know what the dreams were. So, okay, so there's just that weird, that kind of yeah. part where 
where this is the theme that's going to be played throughout the rest of this text throughout the whole rest of the epic but the Austin it jumps to this thing where the um Enkidu read sad. yeah read yeah read that the eyes of Enkidu were full of tears and his heart was sick he sighed bitterly and Gilgamesh met his eye and said my friend why do you sigh so bitterly but Enkidu opened his mouth and said i am weak my arms have lost their strength the cry of Sorrow sticks in my throat. I am oppressed by idleness. It was then that the Lord of Lord Gilgamesh turned his thoughts to the country of the living and the land of cedars. The Lord Gilgamesh reflected. He said to his servant, Enkidu, I have not established my name stamped on bricks as my destiny decreed. Therefore, I will go to the country where the cedar is felled. I will set up my name in the place where the names of famous men are written, and where no man's name is written yet, I will wise a monument to the gods. Okay, so the the thing with the Enkidu is kind of like, dude, we've been, you know, this is yeah. probably later. Yeah. City life. I mean, I know there's all the what did what did the 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 harlot say? Yeah, all He's the like, you're gonna love it, the man. Fanciness. And yeah, the like holidays uh, and. The, yeah, every day is a holiday. Um, oh, yeah. All the people there are dressed in their gorgeous robes. Every day is a holiday, and the young men and the girls are wonderful to see. And they even smell good. I like that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> How sweet they smell. So anyway, so, and then also, they've been living in civilization for a while. You know, what's his, uh, uh, probably... Um, Gilgamesh has been working on his kingship and stuff, but well, and he has this dream, yeah, where like, hey, you you've been you're a king, but like you have you have something else to do too. Yeah, you've got a greater destiny, and and but then uh, Enkidu's like, I'm freaking bored, man. You know, uh, I'm just rotting here. I'm getting weak, and yeah, I don't know this is weak. getting to me. Yeah, so my, my arms have lost their strength. I'm oppressed by idleness. You know, it's city life. Yeah. It's, but think about I, w- I was thinking about it like how we're city life for us, you know, that we're like people are getting sick with their computers and their phones and all this stuff, yep. you know. It's like, I need some freaking adventure. Yeah. That's what Enkidu is saying. Hey, you know, I mean, this is back, this is back when city life was a lot different but it's still he was feeling that oppression he's like dude it's the roads are dirty you know there's wide streets and all that stuff but i need to see you know something wild and so gilgamesh is like hey let's fix that whole destiny thing that i'm lacking yeah he's like i haven't even had my name stamped on bricks and maybe i don't know if the stamp my name stamped on bricks like we were saying you, the bricks are fired and they're mm-hmm. become permanent yeah. records. Yeah. You know, I haven't had my name established in perm. You know, it's written in sand right now. Well, and then Could also, away. and also um, think about the, the fact that these tablets were, were on like a kind of clay or a brick. Yeah, brick. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's also in a way saying like, I, haven't, know, I haven't even story. done things where like, they're not, they're not telling stories of me yet. Yeah. You know? Oh Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So we gotta do something yeah, crazy. Like, I want I want guys singing ballads. Yeah. The yeah. ballad of Gilgamesh. Yeah. So so he's like, okay. Well, let's go to the. Would 
what did you say? Um, oh, in the forest lives Humbaba, whose name is Hugeness, a ferocious giant. And then Enkidu's like, uh, <laughs> um, well, uh, when I went with the wild beasts racing through the wilderness, I discovered the forest. Um, this is this is a tough one. Yeah, he's like, dude, to even get there, it's like ten thousand leagues it's in huge. every direction. This huge forest, and Enlil, you know, the head god, has appointed Humbaba to guard this this forest, and he has armed him with seven fold terrors. Um, terrible to all flesh is Humbaba, when when he roars, it is like the torrent of the storm. His breath is like fire. And his jaws are death itself. Reminds me of the, describing Smog the dragon. Yeah. Well, you know, and one day say, "Yeah, his claws are this, and his breath yeah. is this." And yeah, he guards the cedar so well that when the wild heifer stirs in the forest, though he is sixty leagues distant, he hears her. Yeah, you don't have a chance against that guy. Like you can't sneak up on this guy. What man would willingly walk into that country and explore its deaths? So, so I like I like uh, Anki dude because he's kind of like I'm freaking bored, and then and then and then Gilgamesh, and it, this happens a couple times. Gilgamesh is like, okay, I've got an adventure. Yeah, it's like, we're gonna we're gonna go do the hardest thing possible. We're gonna go conquer, you know, Humbaba, and then uh, he's like, well, I didn't mean that. Well, oh yeah. Uh, not okay not that i'm not that bored <laughs> so uh um gilgamesh replies to him i tell the, you yeah. the, i tell you weakness overpowers whoever goes near it it is oh. not an equal oh, that, oh no no oh. okay well this is important because this actually okay. happens to Enki, this actually happens to Enkidu when it get out there okay or, well here i'll read that i tell you weakness overpowers whoever goes near it it is not an equal struggle when one fights with Humbaba. He is a great warrior, a battering ram. Gilgamesh, the the watchman. Oh, the watchman of the forest never sleeps. Hey, Gilgamesh, he never sleeps. But I like how they use another thing. He's a freaking battering ram. Yeah, he's a beast, dude. He's a monster. And Gilgamesh replied, "Where is the man who can clamber to heaven? Only the gods live forever with glorious Shamash." But as for us men, our days are numbered. Our occupations are a breath of wind. Ooh, deep. Yeah, very. Philosopher. How is this? Already you are afraid? <laughs> I will go first, although I am your lord, and you may safely call out, Forward, there is nothing to fear. Then if I f fall, I leave behind me a name that endures men. Endures. Men will say of me, Gilgamesh has fallen in fight with ferocious Humbaba. Yeah. Long after the child has been bony in my house, they will say it. And remember, Enkidu, en Enkidu spoke again to Gilgamesh. Uh, oh, my lord, if you will enter that country, go first to the hero of Shamash. Uh, Tell the sun god, for the land is his. The country where cedar is cut belongs to Shamash. Okay, so... so Gilgamesh comes back, you know, like, is like, we will die in glory. Yeah, like basically, if we die, we'll like, be telling stories about like, us too, even then. Yeah, he's like, well, shoot, you know what, Enkidu, only the gods live forever. You, you interpreted my dream up here, remember? Sure. Uh, yeah. Everlasting life is not your destiny. 
but he's given you power to bind and loose, to be the darkness and the light of mankind. He's given you supremacy over the people, victory in battle, you know? Like, yeah, he. we're not going to live forever, but let's die, you know? You're, we're bored, you're bored. Let's uh, do something epic. He's like, and if we do die during it, that uh, he's going to leave the a name will be left behind you know of both of them he's like come on anki do we can do this together we're bros we're gonna fight together so so but then and anki do's like okay well first off let's just make sure we're right with the gods yeah, before so they, we do let's it. go visit let's the be practical God of the sun first. yeah so gilgamesh takes a kid which you know yeah. uh What's a kid? Uh, a baby goat? Yeah. White without spot and a brown one with it. And he goes up to to the country, uh, talks to the sun god. It never says what he does with them. You have to assume that he makes a sacrifice of some yeah, kind. Yeah, I mean, he just wanted to show them. Like, hey, I brought <laughs> I these, like, look at these cool goats. I, I bought these uh, goats. Anyways, what I really wanted to say was, yeah. Um, he And he says, hey, Osamash, I'm going. My hands supplicate. So let it be well with my soul and bring me back. Um, I beseech your protection. Hear me. Hear me, Samash. Let my voice be heard, he says three times. Interesting, huh? He says, hear me, hear me. Let my voice be heard. (laughs) So anyway, uh, and he even, I have looked over the wall and I see, oh, he here, here he kind of talks he explains again his reason um, for doing it as he's praying to Samash. Yeah. He says, Here in the city, man dies oppressed at heart. Man perishes with despair in his heart. I have looked over the wall and I see the bodies floating on the river. And that will be my lot also. Indeed, I know it is so. For whosoever, whoever is tallest among men cannot reach the heavens and the greatest cannot encompass the earth. Therefore, I would enter that country because I have not established my name stamped on a brick as my destiny decreed. I will set up my name where the names of famous men are written there and where no man's name is written. I will raise a monument to the gods. There you go. He's like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, where man's name can't be written, I will raise it up to the gods. He's like, yeah. If this enterprise is not to be accomplished, why did you move me, Samash, with the restless desire to perform it? He's like, hey, you gave me this restless heart, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I like that. I just like the idea. He's just like, you know what? Like, I like, here for... The tallest among men cannot reach heaven. That reminds me of the Tower of Babel. Yes, they're building that huge tall tower, and they couldn't reach heaven. Yeah, it was not. It's not the destiny of man to, you know. Maybe, maybe uh, Gilgamesh deep. had seen the, yeah. the fall of the Tower of Babel. And he's like, we already have proven that it can't happen. You know, we had already seen that. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, I, that's pretty cool. So, so Shamash accepts the sacrifice. Yes. And then, and he gives him some special powers too. Oh yeah, this is the great winds he yep. appointed, the north wind. Or you can 
So he appointed strong allies for Gilgamesh, sons of one mother, and stationed them in the mountain caves. The great winds he appointed the north. The great winds he appointed, the north wind, or the whirlwind, the stone and the icy wind, the tempest and the scorching wind, like vipers, like dragons, like a scorching fire, like a serpent that freezes the heart, a destroying flood and the lightning's fork. Such were they, and Gilgamesh rejoiced. So he gets some. Sp- some kind of special powers, I guess. Yeah, a destroying, that he uses too. A destroying flood and a lightning's fork. Yeah, and so then he goes forth to to have weapons forged for his adventures. Yeah, I will give orders to the armorers; they shall cast us our weapons while we watch them. And so they he he gives thing. I like whenever they're creating the weapons. This is like the scene where they're all, yeah, you know and. They will. They cast for them axes nine score pounds and a, like these huge axes and great swords. They cast with blades of six score pounds, one each. So six score, a score one twenty is yeah. So six times twenty. That's one hundred twenty pounds. Yeah. So anyway, so they they make these huge weapons and these pommels and these hilts of thirty pounds. And they can't. Okay, I like this part because they start name. Some of these weapons have names. They give them names. Yeah. Start they cast for Gilgamesh the axe, might of heroes. That's what the name of this axe is. Like this, if you can imagine this super epic axe. That's it's so epic. It's got its own name. The might of heroes, and the bowl of Anshan and Sean. And Gilgamesh. Was armed. was armed and Enkidu. And the weight of the arms they carried were 30 score pounds. Yeah, so huge. 600 pounds of just weapons. Yeah, they were like, they were all tanked up. And my ox. <laughs> that's what, that's what Enkidu says. He's like, one guy says, you have my bow of Anshan <laughs> and my sword. And my ox of heroes. <laughs> So it's so fun. <laughs> anyway, so they go out. They're okay. So they've got you know that was the scene in the in the movie where they're built. They're forging yeah. it all and pouring water on it. What's the um, armoring up? Um, probably... And then the theme music. What is that? Who's that guy? I can't remember the guy's name. The as guy as of Veto or. Like he's you're he's the best or you're the, you're the, the best, best. <laughs> around. <laughs> They're getting like, ready. Nobody's ever gonna take you down. They're getting their stuff ready. They're gonna <laughs> around. <laughs> Never gonna take you down. Yeah, put eighty eighties music montage here or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Win in the end. Okay. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so they're so then all of a sudden Gilgamesh is like le- they're leaving the city. He's like, and he makes his little speech. He says, I, Gilgamesh, go to see the creature of whom such things are spoken, the rumor of whose name fills the world. I will conquer him in the cedar wood and show the strength of the sons of Uruk. All the world shall know of it. I am committed to this enterprise, to climb the mountain, to cut down the cedars, and leave behind me an enduring name. It's funny, the cutting, just cutting down the cedar is what he's referring to. And he actually does it, but... Mm-hmm. Like the cedar is like, I mean, is it is kind of like a dude? Here's what I think of your forest, and you cut down a tree. I don't know. I I, I wasn't totally sure. It's just 
some kind of theme, you know, like, but they, in the Bible, they even talk about like the might of the cedars of Lebanon, Lebanon, you know, yeah, this is near Lebanon, huh? Yeah. So that's cool. They're, they're, uh, you know, where's that map? Anyway, the, the, this is a big, yeah, Lebanon's over here. So it's, it's a good journey. You have Ur, which is Uruk is, is north on the Euphrates. Yeah, and then but Lebanon's over towards Israel. This is a big journey. Yeah, it's a big epic journey. I mean, but the Lebanon, the cedars are world famed. These huge trees, yeah, so I guess. You got these. You got this really uh, uh, epic forest they're gonna yeah. go to. At least back, yeah. And so he's like, I'm gonna, you know, do this. I'm climbing this mountain, cutting down these trees, and I'm gonna leave. And then the counselors are kind of like, they repeat kind mm-hmm. of what. What Enkidu says, they're like, dude, uh, you know, you should be cautious. And and then all after they they repeat, like his breath is like fire, you know, just like Enkidu said. Of course, yeah. Now uh, he breathes, he breathes fire. He yeah, yeah um, the huge land that he's from. Yeah, but then in in this one, yeah, read this. When he heard these words of the counselors, Gilgamesh looked at his friend and laughed. (laughs) He's like, ah, these guys. How shall I answer them? Shall I say I am afraid of Humbaba? I will sit at home all the rest of my days? Then Gilgamesh opened his mouth again and said to Enkidu, My friend, let us go to the great palace. What? Oh. Oh, well, he just says, let's just go talk to my mom. But Is that what he happened? Yeah. No, I misread that. No, no, no. You did good. I'm just saying I like how he laughs at him. He's like, what do you, what do these guys want me to say? Okay, I'm going to stay home and. I got it. And just, I didn't mean to. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. And just like rest for the rest of my day. I'm afraid of Humbaba. Oh. He almost like says it mocking. Yeah, okay, I got it. Yeah, it's cool. I will sit at home all the rest of my day. Okay, guys. You know, we, we, we just had the freaking thing where we forged all the weapons. Yeah. The, did you not like hear that did you music not hear playing the 80s for a while? Music? Yeah. Did you not see like 300 pounds of weapons on us? And that's what basically he says. Like, okay, yeah. okay, let's go, Ankidu. Yeah. Let's go. Let's... And then he's like, okay, well, you know, but, but of course, just to make sure we're going to, that's where I just didn't want to keep reading the whole thing because it's not really that. So they go or visit they his go mom. Ninsun, yeah, who is a god S. Yes. Um, and then Ninsun. Oh, this is the part where she gets ready because she's also afraid of what's going to happen. Yeah, she, she's when Ninsun goes into her room. He, you know, he asks, "Hey, pray to me for to for Sham." That's Shamash. the thing is, this is written like it's a movie. It's a script, dude. Like this is written like a movie, mm-hmm. like. What other story have you read? Of like, which other story of these old stories have we read recently? Where it's like, and she goes into her room and she undresses and she puts the jewels on, and you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's almost like you're like getting this like a uh, this like uh this scene, yeah, that she's preparing, yeah, yeah. setting it up. Well, because there, yeah, there's these themes. Uh, puts on the dress becoming to her body. Puts on the jewels to make her breast beautiful. And the tiara and her skirts sweep the ground. It just paints this picture. And she burns incest, lifts up her arms to Samash as the smoke ascended. Oh, Samash, why did you give this restless heart to Gilgamesh, my son? Why did you give it? She asks. You have moved him. 
and now he sets out on a long journey to the land Humbaba, of Humbaba to travel an unknown road and fight a strange battle. Therefore, uh, from the day that he goes till the day he returns, until he reaches the cedar forest, until he kills Humbaba and destroys the evil thing, which you, Samash, abhor, do not forget him. Anyway, yada yada. Yeah. So it's yeah, it is, guys. Let's make this this make this happen. This is going to be an epic yeah. movie. I bet you they've done them. They probably just haven't been that good. Yeah, it hasn't been implemented very well. Like it's got to be like a buddy. I don't know how you would do it to actually make it good. You know, because if you took it too seriously, it could be ridiculous or it could be cool. I don't know. So anyway. um, So they have. So, oh, and she. in in this whole thing that she. Oh, she gives Enkidu. Hey, Enkidu, you know what? You're my, you're. My son Gilgamesh's best friend, and now you are my child. She gives him an amulet. What's interesting, and I, I know I've, I've almost said this like five times probably now, but like this this story dates back further than like any story, right? Yeah. So any any story that we've ever read or movie we've seen that you can like, oh, that kind of reminds me of that part in like Lord of the Rings or like, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? Like this was first. Mm-hmm. Like... You know, uh, tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's your second reference. I think the first one was in the last episode, but it's your second reference to that show, right? No, that, oh, was, that was Lion that King. Was Lion King. <laughs> I'm watching too many Disney cartoons, <laughs> but I'm saying if you think about all these tales, is that they're all the same theme? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's always there's the struggle, there's the this, you know. So, but this, that's why I really thought this story was so good. Cause I'm like, you know, there's, it's just, it's a, a theme that just can even people can relate to today, except for building the forging their own weapons and stuff. And my ox and my, so she, she adopts him and then they, they, they're ready to go. Now they brought to them the weapons they put in their hands the great swords and their golden scabbards and the bow and the quiver. Gilgamesh takes the ox. He slung the quiver from his shoulder and the bow of Anshan and buckled the sword to his belt. And so they were armed and ready for the journey. And they go on the journey. And so they're, they're on this long journey Many leagues, you know, like yeah. we said, they were gone for a while. They were gone for a while, and they finally reached the edge of the forest, right? Yep. And Enkidu goes up to the gate to open it, and he touches it, and all of a sudden, he feels weakness in his hand. Yeah, as like, was oh shoot, as he predicted, as this he told him, right? Bad omen. Oh, yeah, where did he say that? Where is he said it earlier on? He said. Hey. When he was trying to talk Gilgamesh out of it at first. Yeah. Uh, he says, I tell you, weakness overpowers whoever goes near it. Yeah. It is not an equal struggle when one fights Humab. So Austin Enkidu, he kind of his preconceived ideas possibly 
or these omens. He's doing mind tricks. You know, the thing is that there's so many omens that eventually discourage people, but Gilgamesh doesn't look, let these dumb omens stop him. No. You know? So that's what's funny is Enkidu represents kind of the, um, even though Enkidu was in his, in his creation, he was, um, he had to become civilized. He kind of represents the, uh, in the, in this, in this pair, in this combo of Enkidu and, and, um, Gil, Gil, Enki, Enki and Gil. He, he represents the, um, the, the more like logical and like thought out one. Yeah. And like, you know, like wasn't just, he's not a coward. He's you know, just kind of like, Hey, years before he's he running with he, like gazelle. And, yeah. Yeah. But well, but he was he was kind of like he was when he was with the beasts, he was just wild and not. But he wasn't vicious. Sure, he was helping. You know, so he's like kind of he's the softer side. But when you have Enkidu on your side, you can't lose. No, you can't. Gil, when Gilgamesh talks him, you know Gilgamesh because he's he's cautious. That's what he yeah. And actually, you learn that when you live with the animals. It's caution. Mm-hmm. You know, you. as you're going up to drink, you're kind of like very cautious. Did you ever see that old, um, there was an old TV show. It had, um, it was Hercules. Oh, yeah, with that. Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, and he was he in had, later like, in some Christian movies. Yeah, I think like he is. God's I, Not Dead. Movie. I haven't yeah, seen, I, I, I know that he I has like, hey. been later, but yeah. I don't know what they are. But he's, he still plays in them, yeah. But I mean, but he's Duke uh, Hercules. And then he had like this friend that was with him aeolus it was like a smaller like skinny guy skinnier guy yeah, yeah. Light, light colored hair uh-huh and he was kind of like more of like the more thought out and like smarter one too that's what i'm saying lot. is that they're not both these they they're both like the, the way this story is written is you have you don't have the same guy you know you have yeah. different aspects yeah. of them sure it's cool it's just like how and this story is how old like written how long ago yeah, thousands of years old. It's it's that the trope, you know, like or not the trope, but uh, where it's just anyway. You see it in all kinds of things, like these, like the the strong, the kind of hesitant person, you know. But the other guy talks them into it. It's almost like you can't have. It. It's almost like what story have you ever heard that they don't do that? Well, yeah, but it makes the story better. That's yeah. what I'm saying is like if they were just to run in and, and beat everything up and there wasn't any kind of it's what kind of story is that? Boring. Yeah. That's what got that's what got Enkidu, Enkidu all bored. Yeah, he was, he was just sitting around uh town every day is a holiday. Yeah, that would get boring, man. So anyway, um oh so he says, Don't go down into the forest. When I opened the gate, my hand lost its strength. And then Gilgamesh says yeah i like that i'm, I'm looking for where you're at bro oh. okay dear um, friend dear friend yeah dear friend do not speak like a coward <laughs> have we got the better of so many dangers and traveled so far to turn back at last you who are tired who, no, who, who, have, who are tried in wars and battles which makes you wonder how many things didn't how many parts of the story we don't have here um hold dose a whole close. I don't know. That's not. That's supposed to be a scene in L, isn't it? Yeah. 
The, for some anyway, hold close to me now, and you will fear no. You will feel no fear of death. Keep beside me, and your weakness will pass. The trembling will leave your hand. Yeah. Would my friend rather stay behind? So his weakness of hand is now being referred to as trembling in his hand. He's and, getting afraid. Of what he's getting nervous. Right? Yeah. Um, no, we will go down together into the heart of the forest. Let your courage be roused by the battle to come. Forget death and follow me. Yes. A man resolute in action, but one who is not foolhardy. When two go together, each will protect himself and shield his companion. And if they fall, they leave an enduring name. See, so he gives them that rousing speech. Going back to the, they would tell tales of us. That's right. I mean, forget death and follow me. And he's like, I'm a man resolute in action, but not foolhardy, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm not an idiot, and we will go down together and protect him. Uh, And when two go together, each will protect himself and shield his companion. We're stronger. You know, we got both of us. You don't realize. You're just thinking of your own self. Dude, we're together. We can kick some butt. So anyway, they, and so he's like, yeah, all right, let's do this. And all of a sudden, the, together, they went down into the forest and they came to the green mountains. And there they stood still. All of a sudden, they, they're like, holy moly, Whoa. I've never seen its equal. Yes. They stood still. They were struck dumb. They stood still and gazed at the forest. They saw the heights of the cedar. They saw the way into the forest and the track where Humbaba was used to walk. And it's this huge path. The hugeness of the cedar rose in front of the mountains. Its shade was beautiful, full of comfort. Mountain and glade were green with brushwood. So they're just like in awe. Like, yeah. oh my God. Let's camp here. Like, they're, yeah, there's like just. And so they decide to camp, yeah. So they. They camp and they they have dreams. Um, yeah, of course they have dreams, right? Yep. And Gilgamesh wakes up. What a dream I have had! Terror and confusion. I seized the hold of a wild bull in the wilderness. It bellowed and beat up the dust till the whole sky was dark. My arm was seized and my tongue bitten. I fell back on my knee. Then someone refreshed me with the water from the water skin. And then Enkidu interprets his dream and say, "Hey, this is a good dream. We don't have to really." Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just it's just like a nice little like um, it's one of those segments. Yeah, have have nice fun. But I, I wonder if this this kind of thing is this dream the interpretation because it seems like this dream is more about something that happened later when they're fighting the bull of heaven. Sure, like I it seems know. to apply more later. But then all of a sudden, Gilgamesh has another dream. And then he goes, I dreamed again, and we stood in a deep gorge of the mountain. Beside it were two were like there beside it, we two were like the smallest of swamp flies, and this suddenly little swamp flies. Yeah, little swamp flies. And suddenly the mountain fell. It struck me and caught me feet from under me. It caught my feet from under me. Then came an intolerable light blazing out, and it was one whose grace and whose beauty were greater than the beauty of this world. He pulled me out from under the mountains. He gave me water to drink, and my heart was comforted. And he set my feet on the ground. So this huge mountain falls and crushes. 
or oh, catches him. Here's that here's that title of Enkidu that I told you about in the last episode. Then Enkidu, the child of the plains, said, "Let us go down from the mountain and talk this thing over over together." He said to Gilgamesh, the young god, "Your dream is good. Your dream is excellent. The mountain which you saw is Humbaba. Now surely we will seize and kill him and throw his body down as the mountain fell on the plain." Yes. So there's always these good positive things and yeah. then Enkidu though has a dream uh, an on- ominous dream a cold shower passed over him and caused him to cower like the mountain barley under the storm of rain see how they do that yeah beautiful the imagery yeah old timey all in that cuneiform yeah it's crazy I mean you can just picture that mountain barley as it's raining, kind of cowering, being pushed down. Yeah, you can. So, and then Gilgamesh, is, he says, I saw a third dream, and this dream was altogether frightful. The heavens roared, and the earth roared again. Daylight failed, and darkness fell. Lightings, lightnings flashed, fires blazed out, the clouds lowered. They rained down death, and the brightness departed. The fire went out, and all was turned to ashes falling about us. This is like a bad... Like, how is this going to be spun good? Let us go down from the mountain and talk this over and consider what we should do. So Anki Dude's like, I had the worst freaking dream. (laughs) You had these Let's go down and talk about this. Because every time... And all of a sudden, on their way down... Gilgamesh grabs his axe and he's just like, screw it. And he fell the cedar. Okay. It's like he, he's, gonna, he's like, you know what? He can see that maybe there's some, like maybe uh, Enkidu might be getting a little weak, kind of yeah. scared. Yeah. He's just like, he gets the biggest freaking cedar tree and he just, boom. And Paul Bunyan's it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, And all of a sudden, Humbaba's all like... Yeah. Humbaba, who he can, hear a, can hear a heifer from like 60, 60 leagues away. Leagues, or... Yeah. Can hear a heifer fart from 60 leagues <laughs> away. Humbaba's all, who is this that has violated my woods and cut down my cedar? You know, all of a sudden... Yeah, you can imagine it. Anyway, so... And then, uh, for some reason, at this point, Gilgamesh falls asleep, which is a weird part in the story. I didn't get it. Yeah, so that and also Enkidu can't is, wake him up. That also does that is, have to do with the dream? I think it has to do with it was predicted. It was one of the things that was predicted, right? What? predicted oh that he will help him or something well, no, going back to what we what oh, the we very were, early dreams like no it was a uh, Enkidu told him earlier like weakness overpowers whoever goes near it oh like maybe also oh, maybe by falling the cedar it somehow made him weak for a while yes yeah, anyway so Enkidu okay so all of a sudden for some reason after he falls this after Gilgamesh is like this makes destroys the tree or touches the tree maybe yeah. that's one of the powers 
it makes him weak and he go gilgamesh falls down almost as if dead yeah or asleep and then and can use like shaking him come on man yeah it's don't there's not time to go to sleep fee fi fo fum you know like this giant's coming he's like uh where is it um oh wait am i oh nope where are we brandon 10 page 10 oh Okay, so he's like coming out. Who's who's violated my cedars? Um, Third paragraph, Dan. And then Gilgamet. Wait. Oh, no, second So Enkidu's like touching him. He's like shaking him. And uh, he's like, oh, Gilgamesh, dude, get up. The The world grows dark. The shadows have spread over it. Now, um, Samash has departed Austin. The sun's going down. It's like, oh my gosh, this is. He's like, come on, wake up, wake up, wake up. And uh, at length, Gilgamesh wakes up in the third paragraph. And uh, Austin Gilgamesh like w- gets up and he puts on the breastplate. And the his breastplate is called the Voice of Heroes, his yeah. armor, the yeah. Voice of Heroes. And it weighs 30 shekels, this heavy old breastplate. But he carries it. He puts it on. He's like, okay, I'm ready. And it, he's carrying it like it's like nothing. Like he's yeah. wearing cloth. Sure. Like he's wearing silk. Yeah, beautiful silk. He doesn't even. He doesn't. He's, <laughs> and then he's and then he straddles the earth like a bull and snuffs the ground. And his teeth were clenched. He's like ready. He's like, okay. Yeah, he's all ready to go. And he and go. Then, he even says, yeah. um, "I like what he says." By the life of my mother Ninsun, who gave me birth, and by the life of my father Divine Lugal Banda, let me live to be the wonder of my mother. As when she nursed me on her lap. Of course, it's like right there, he's saying all that. A second <laughs> time, he said to him, By the life of Ninsun, my mother, who gave me birth. Jesus, she said again. He says, well, but he says okay, this time he says something else. He goes, And the life of my father, the divine Lugobanda, until we have fought thus man, if man he is, this God, if God he is, the way that I took of the country of the living will not turn back to the city. He's like, I am here to fight. If man he is, so be it. If he's a god, I don't care. I'm here to fight. Yeah. And then Enkidu says, <laughs> like yeah. Enkidu. Pleaded. He's all. He's, oh, do not. Yeah. You don't know this monster, man. You don't even know why you should be afraid. I know him. I'm terrified. His teeth are dragon's fangs. His countenance is like a lion. His charge is the rushing of a flood. And his look is... With his look, he crushes alike the trees of the forest and the reeds of the swamps. You may go on if you choose into this, but I'll go back to the city. <laughs> and he's he goes on, he's like, and I'll tell your mom yeah. about how you fought valiantly and stuff. And then, and then, and, uh, uh, of course, Gilgamesh is like, um, Gilgamesh is like, come on, man, we're together. <coughs> where does he um so Gilgamesh says today give me your aid yeah. oh go you today you. give me your aid and you shall have mine what then can go amiss with us too all living creatures born of the flesh shall sit at last in the boat of the west and when it sinks when the boat of Magalim sinks they are born of the flesh S- they're gone wait no you they are gone thank you 
And when the boat of Magalem sinks, they are gone. But we shall go forward and fix our eyes on this monster. If your heart is fearful, throw away fear. If there is terror in in it, throw away terror. Yes. Take your axe your in ox. your hand and attack. He who leaves the fight unfinished is not at peace. That's right. So he gives him another pep talk. He's like, dude, we got this. That's a cool. And then all of a sudden, that's a good quote right there. Hubamba comes out from his house of strong cedar. And Enkidu calls out, and Enkidu's like, yes, he's like, Gilgamesh, remember now your boast in Uruk. Forward attack, son of Uruk. There is nothing to fear. So Enkidu's now pumping up Gilgamesh. Yeah, yeah they're working together. And uh, all of a sudden, um, what's his name? He uses one of his splendors. He uses the first of his seven splendors. And they're like, let's go quick before he can use all seven of them. Because, you know. Yep. And whatever his splendors are, we don't know. Yep. Maybe the first one was him getting knocked out. I don't know. You know? He put on the first of his... Okay. That's what he did. Like a raging wild bull, he snuffed the ground. The watchman of the woods turned full of threatenings. He cried out, Humbaba came from his strong house of cedar. Yes. He nodded his head and shook it, menacing Gilgamesh. And on him, he fastened his eye. The eye of death. Uh, then Gilgamesh called it. to Shamash and his tears were flowing <laughs> like, oh, he's like crying oh glorious Shamash I have followed the road you commanded but now if you if you send no sucker how should I escape yep and then so suddenly those those powers that he had he had asked the great wind the north wind the whirlwind that storm the icy wind the tempest the scorching wind the dragons scorching fire you know all that all of a sudden, he calls on that the extra power of the god, and he's given it. And so he felled the first cedar, and they cut the branches and laid them at the foot of the mountain. The first stroke, Humbaba blazed out, but they still they advanced. They felled seven cedars and cut and bound the branches and laid them at the foot of the mountains. I don't. And seven times Humbaba leased his glory on them, as the seven blazes died out. Seventh place side out, they reach his lair. So they're like fighting their way up the mountain. Yeah. Whatever was going on with these cedars. Some kind, yeah, like, some kind of like yeah. Like knocking these these things out and all of a sudden they get there and um all of a sudden they catch they Humbaba's like Please, guys. Okay, you know you got me. Yep. Tears. Uh, what? How does it, how does it go? He says. Um, he said the tears started in his eyes and he was pale. This is this is Humbaba. Gilgamesh, let me speak. I have never known a mother, no, nor a father who reared me. I was born of the mountains. He reared me, or the mountain. He reared me, and Enlil made me the keeper of this forest. Let me go free. Gilgamesh, and I will be your servant. You shall be my lord. All the trees of the forest that I attended on the mountain shall be yours. I will cut them down and build you a palace. He took them. He took him by his hand and led him See, to his house mm -hmm. so that the heart of Gilgamesh was moved with compassion. He's like, dude, all the cedars of Lebanon, I mean, people pray, you know, the, the greatest wood in, yeah. in this area... You know, because you got to think about uh, where he comes from. 
I mean, they're building stuff out of brick and mud yeah, 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 because totally. that's all they have. They have to go all the way to, you know, to these forests way off to get this, you know, this wood. So he's like, oh, everything you have or I have will be yours. You will have, I mean, the cedars, these beautiful cedars and also, and, and, uh, Gilgamesh is like, okay, he, um, but Enkidu, well, he, um, oh, he says about him, oh, Enkidu, or I don't, uh, this one's kind of, this part's kind of hard, kind of hard to, anyway, Enkidu just talks him out of it. Enkidu's like, dude, we're here to de- destroy this guy. You don't have to, don't listen to him. Yeah. And, uh, Humbaba's, yeah, he says, do not listen, Gilgamesh. This Humbaba must die. Kill Humbaba first and his servants after. He's like, this guy's bad news. Samash hates him, the sun god. Yeah. He already hates him. It's only Enlil that likes him. So we're here we're here to 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 end this. And he and and then Gilgamesh listens to the words of his companion. He takes the axe in his hand. He drew the sword from his belt and he struck Humbaba with a thrust of the sword to the neck. And Enkidu, his comrade, struck the second blow. Yep. And the third blow, Humbaba fell. Yeah, I love the... Um, where's the art for that? That was one of the... Um, oh, is it? This right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got. They both have his arms. Like, they're pulling his arms in opposite directions. Yeah. They just don't... They didn't do a good job at making them all, like muscly or anything yeah where there's cool their cool weapons and stuff but yeah well they only had so much room yeah they had to fit it all on that tablet so right? anyway so they they uh they de- defeat him and there you go um oh gilgamesh king and conqueror of the dreadful blaze wild bull who plunders mountain who crosses the sea, glory to him, and from the brave, the greater glory is Enki's. That's how it ends. Yay! So, Enlil's a little upset, though. But Yeah, yeah, he had, to, he had to take those splendors and pass them along. So, yeah, there's the first epic story. Um, do you want to go on to the second one? Yeah. How are we doing? I'm sure we're good. 54 okay so this okay this one's gonna be oh this we can't read the title of this one though spoilers well but okay no we can well so no so all of a sudden after they have their this epic battle they come back and they got the head of humbaba yeah you know they get they bring back cedars too that they felled and uh gilgamesh Washed out his long locks and cleaned his weapons. He flung back his hair from his shoulders. And he threw off his stained clothes and hanged them for new. He put on his royal robes. Um, he put on his crown. Glorious Ishtar lifted her eyes. The goddess yes, yes. of love. Who runs that awesome temple. Yep. Can you give me a, a drink? Dude, I'm like freaking... Yeah, you're you're. Unlike what's his name? Remember when he drinks the seven goblets? 
I'm going for seven. <laughs> you like Enkidu? Yeah. You want the cock and bull or the strawberry? Uh, strawberry. I'm going for seven. So, you know, uh, he's proven himself and now he's like a god. And yeah. a god needs a goddess. Mm. Or at least so Ishtar thinks. Yes. And... If I uh, Gilgamesh opened his mouth and answered glorious. Oh wait. Oh wait. But let's let's see here. read where she. Oh, let's see what her promise. Okay, I'll 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 read her part. Okay, go for it. Um. So she she sees him seeing the beauty of Gilgamesh. She said, "Come to me, Gilgamesh, and be my bridegroom. Grant me your the seed of your body. Let me be your bride, and you shall be my husband. I will harness." for you a chariot of lapis lazuli and of gold the wheels of gold and horns of copper and you shall have mighty demons of the storm for draft mules oh perfect Uh, i like i like the part uh when you enter your house in the the fragrance of cedarwood a threshold and throne will kiss your feet kings rulers and princes will bow down before you okay so this is the important part you're you Ewes shall drop twins and your goats triplets. Like you're going to have such, it's going to be so productive. Well, it's not that. Yeah. (laughs) And your pack ass shall outrun mules. Mm. You know, I love that. Your oxen shall have no rivals and your chariot horses shall be famous far off for their swiftness. So she's like, dude, I want you. You're going to have the best life ever if you do this. You are going to love it. And then Gilgamesh opened his mouth and answered glorious Ishtar. If I take you in marriage, what gifts can I give in return? What ointments and clothing for your body? I would gladly give you bread and all sorts of food fit for a god. I would give you wine to drink fit for a queen. I would pour our out barley to stuff your granary. But as for making you my wife, that oh, I will that yeah. I will not. But he's like, dude, I will I'll give you everything. I will worship, you know, and do all this stuff. But then, as for making you my wife, that I will not. Now, read this part. How would it go with me? Your lovers have found you like a brazier with smolders in the cold, a back door which keeps out neither squall of wind nor storm, a castle which crushes the garrison, pitch that blackens the bearer, a water skin that shafes the carrier. (laughs) It's It's like horrible. A stone which falls from the parapet, a battering ram turned back from the enemy, a sandal that trips the wearer. Which of your lovers did you ever love forever? What shepherd of yours has pleased you for all time? Listen to me while I tell the tale of your lovers. Okay, so we don't need to go through all the tale of the lovers. Yeah, because it's kind of like... But he's he just totally like... There's no freaking way I'm going to marry you. Because you, it always ends up, your lovers, boy, you know, it always ends up bad. Yeah. You, you know, which of your lovers did you ever love forever? What shepherd of you, of yours has pleased you for all time? You get tired of people. Yeah. And I'm, you're a goddess. I'm just, I'm immortal. I'm amortal. But I like how he's like, like, uh. You're like a back door which keeps out neither squall of wind nor storm. Yeah, it's he's, harsh, man. 
<laughs> a castle which crushes the garrisons. What's a garrison? Like the the walls, right? The garrison isn't that where the um, the the uh, the soldier's house? Yeah, himself. Pitch which blackens the bears. A water skin that chafes the carrier. Yeah, it's like it's 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 for, for a good this thing. Was, but and it this just... was in that this I keep on like the fourth time I said it, and this was all on those in cuneiform on those tablets. Yeah. He just like totally like uh, and and he starts it off nice. Hey, I'll I I'll do everything to worship and but there's no freaking way you I I'm, I'm gonna marry you because I know how you are. Yeah, and she gets pissed, and then and she she's just like she goes to to uh she goes and rages to her father Anu and Antum. She says, my father Gilgamesh has heaped insults on me. He has told over all my abominable behavior, the foul, my foul and hideous acts. She's like, dad, she's admitting they're her acts, you know, but she's like, he, he dared to say what I had done. That's been so bad. Yep. And then her father's like, what? Well, I mean, what does he say to her? He, are you he a says, father of gods? Well, you're quarreling with the king, and he, all he did was tell you your bad behavior. He's like, I mean, that's just what's the big deal? But then she gets pissed, and then she asks for something. So the 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 bull, yeah, part? yeah. Um, she says, "My father, give me the bull." Oh, it's up here. I'm looking for that part. Okay. She said, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, my father, give me the bull of heaven to destroy Gilgamesh. Fill Gilgamesh, fill Gilgamesh, I say, with arrogance to his destruction. But if you refuse to give me the bull of heaven, I will break in the doors of hell and smash the bolts. There will be confusion of people, those above with those from the lower depths. I shall bring up the dead to eat. Food like the living and the hosts of dead will outnumber the living. Jeez, she's a... Whew. She's just like, Dad, you're going to give me what I want or else I'm going to just totally screw up the world and somehow open the gates of hell so the dead yep. live among the living and it just becomes this crazy world like zombie people everywhere. I don't know. And then he's finally like, well, if, if I give you this... Uh, he says to her, if I do what you desire, there will be seven years of drought throughout Uruk when corn will be seedless husks. Interesting. Have you saved enough grain for the people and the grass and grass for the cattle? And so he's like, if you want this bowl of heaven, because that's what she's asking for. To tear up, to to destroy uh, Gilgamesh, possibly, right? But yes. he's like, this, whatever this power is, whatever this bull of heaven is, is going to cause a huge drought or yeah. famine through the land. Are you people sufficiently ready? Do they have seven years of grain? And it kind of goes to the, you know, yeah. the, the yeah. whole story of Joseph in Egypt where it was the seven year famine for whatever reason. But think about that. Remember in the dream, the Pharaoh's dream, it's the 
the there's the seven full. Weekend. That's right. Seven bulls, and then at first, and then all of a sudden come up or seven thin lean cows that eat up the other ones, and they don't get any. Anyway, so it's this this whatever this seven year drought thing is a theme that has been carried over into the Bible and we don't yeah, know exactly yeah. it's a related it's related you know it, in the story of of Joseph in Egypt yeah so we don't know exactly what this bull of heaven is that she's she's wanting to unleash on Gilgamesh Taurus yeah Taurus yeah but yeah Taurus is but I don't know what but it, whatever it is, it causes this a big famine. What yeah. I mean, whether it's something from the heavens or yeah. whatever, yeah, I don't know. But okay, so he's like, and she's like, they're they're fine. They're gonna. She does love her people. Ishtar's, you know. Yeah, she. I have seven. I have seven. He's like, but this is for years. Gilgamesh. We're we're good. We've got seven years stored up. We'll be fine. But I need this, and then a new herd. What Ishtar had said, he gave her the bull of heaven to lead down by the halter to Uruk. Okay, so all of a sudden, this bull of heaven, whatever that is, I'm just imagining, remember The Last Unicorn, that movie? Yeah. There's that big fire bull? I think so, yeah. Like I had the graphic, we had the graphic novel. Oh, did you? For it, I think I remember that part. I just remember the cartoon, but... Yeah. Um... I just imagine this big old bull all of a sudden yeah. it comes went goes to the river. So it somehow for some reason it's at the river. And when they reached the gates of Uruk, the bull went to the river. With his first snort, cracks opened in the earth and a hundred young men fell down to death. Okay, so all of a sudden with the first strike, Austin the the earth opens up, a hundred guys die. Yeah. Fall down into the earth. Second snort cracks opened, and 200 fell to the earth. 200? With his third snort, cracks opened. Enkidu doubled over, but instantly recovered. He dodged aside and kept and leapt on the bull and seized it by the horns. So Enkidu's like, no. Yep. And all of a sudden, he jumps on the back. He's got the horns. And then... Uh, what happened? Um... The bull of heaven foamed in the face. It brushed him with the thick of its tail. Ankidu cried to Gilgamesh, "My friend, we boasted that we would leave enduring names behind us. Now thrust in your sword between the nape and the horns." So okay, Ankidu's on the back, holding the horns and all. He's like, like a good team, right? Yeah, I'll say, yeah, Gilgamesh, yeehoo! He's like, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> And so suddenly, Ankydu is the one that jumps in right yeah. away. Yeah. So they're a good they're making, team. Yeah. So Gilgamesh followed the bull. He sees the tail, the thick of its tail. Oh, that he, was in that picture. Anyway. And he thrust the sword. It was actually. Mm-hmm. We looked at that. And yeah, like, he's oh. grabbing. Yeah, it was like his face is right there. He's so Gilgamesh <laughs> followed the bull. He sees the tail. The sees the, the bull by the thick of its tail, and he thrust the sword between the nape and the horns and slew the bull. When they had killed the bull of heaven, they cut out its heart and gave it to Shamash. So they make an offering to the sun god. And the brothers rested. Yay! So that was their... So whatever this bull of heaven was, they they, they beat it. Yeah, it wasn't that... 
But, okay, this is the thing. All of a sudden, Ishtar rose up and mounted the Great Wall in Uruk. And she's like, and she's cursing. She's like, woe to Gilgamesh, for he has scorned me in killing the Bull of Heaven. And then Enkidu, like, heard these words. And he tears out the Bull's right thigh and tosses it in her face. Oh, gosh. And he says... If I could lay my hands on you, it is this I should do and lash the entrails to your side. Okay, one of the things about the is the thigh is the the is uh, associated in this old in the old text to the genitals. Okay, so he rips off the freaking genitals of the bull. Oh, nice! And he throws them. She's up on this wall. All of a sudden, he's like throws him and all of a sudden <laughs> slap right across the face and hits oh. her and he's like if i was right by you i'd do the same like i'd slap you in the face of mine you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he says if i could lay my hands on you it is this i should do to you that's what, and I'd lash should, the entrails of this so bull on to what your would, side. On the what would Inky do? Sure, <laughs> he's got like <laughs> Rocky Mountain oysters. He's tossing. <laughs> what would Inky do? <laughs> so he's like, I mean, so she's cursing Gilgamesh, and and Inky do's like, no, I don't. And all of a sudden, he rips out these gen, these, the thigh, you know, the genitals, and just throws them up and slap. I mean, but look. Well, they have to be huge, too, so. Yeah. I mean, Anki did her and tossed it in her face. So, all of a sudden, she, this goddess is up there all pissed, and, she, and all of a sudden, boom, slap. She got slapped by, by the the bull yeah and uh she calls her people and, she, and basically she's all set, like the, setting up this lamentation all the women in the city basically yeah the dancing girls the singing girls the prostitutes the courtesans but and yeah so there she she kind of she's they're setting up a, a lament lamentation for the bull of heaven and but then kind of things go back to normal you know, after they had, um, and all of a sudden they take the horns yep. and they're these huge, they're plated with, with lapis lazuli, two fingers, two fingers thick. It's pretty cool. And they were 30 pounds. These, these huge horns. Um, and they, what did they do? They placed the horns in the palace yeah, they gave on the, the wall. Lagobanda, they gave it as a gift. Yeah. Then they washed their hands in the Euphrates, and they embraced each other and went away. Yay. And then the singing girls, Gilgamesh called the singing girls, who is the most glorious of the heroes? Who is the most eminent among men? And then they're all like, Gilgamesh is the most glorious of heroes. Gilgamesh is the most eminent among men. They shout back, you know. And now there was feasting and celebrations and joy in the palace till the heroes lay down saying, now we will rest for the night. Okay, so this is when things... Yes. Gotta so, be careful. What happened was all of a sudden, then daylight came, Enkidu got up, and he cried to Gilgamesh. Yeah, so here's another dream, right? Yeah. Oh, my brother, such a dream I had last night. 
Anu, Enlil, Ea, and Heavenly Shamash took counsel together, and Anu said to Enlil, Because they have killed the bull of heaven, and because they have killed Humbaba, who guarded the cedar mountain, one of the two must die. Uh-oh. Yeah. So they're like... They're, maybe, they're too powerful. I don't know if they're to, saying they're too powerful. They're too powerful together. Yeah, because okay, oh, okay, I like that because it's like, well, why is it one of the two? And it's like, well, because together, together these guys. First yeah. off, Humbaba. If it wouldn't have been for them working together, because Gilgamesh gave uh, Enkidu courage, but then they worked together, and then Enkidu gave Gilgamesh courage. Uh, on the for the bull of heaven okay yeah so the two unfortunately they're just too strong they're they're able to destroy the things that the gods have set up the bull of heaven and the garter the guard of the cedars okay yeah okay i'm glad you said that because i i didn't realize i was like why would they have to kill them or one of the two okay yeah, they got too powerful together yes yes then glorious shamash answered the hero and leal it was by your command they killed the bull of heaven and killed Humbaba, and must Enkidu die, although innocent? And Leo flung round in rage at, at glorious Shamash. You dare to say this, you who went about with them every day like one of them, one of themselves? So, I don't know if that's an insult you say to the sun god. Yeah. You're like, you're just, yeah, you're always hanging out with them. It's sure. like, well, I, I'm always going around the earth. but So Enkidu lay stretched out before Gilgamesh. So they chose Enkidu for some reason. Yeah, it never even says why. They just chose Yeah, Enkidu. it's just like, well, one of these is going to die. And then the guy's like, but you're the one that gave them, you know, the uh, the uh, the wandering, what is it? The, the what is it? Uh, the, restless um, spirit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know? And he's like, and why are you choosing Enki? What did Enki do? What did Enki do? (laughs) (laughs) What did Enki do? (laughs) So funny, man. (laughs) Okay, so keep going. Uh, So Enki do laid out. He's all crying to Gilgamesh. And and he said to Gilgamesh, Oh, my brother, so dear you are to me, brother. Yet they will take me from you. Again, he said, I must sit down on the threshold of the dead, and never again will I see my dear brother with my eyes. Mm-hmm. While Enkidu lay alone in his sickness, he cursed the gate as though it was living flesh. So Enkidu's in despair. He's like, gosh dang it, I got, I'm dying, and I'm dying. I'm not even dying in battle. Yeah. They're going to kill me. And he, so he starts, he starts kind of looking around. He's like, that freaking gate made of cedars. I wish I had never seen it. I wish we had never gone to the sure. mountains and yeah. and it, you know I I I hate the cedars. And then all of a sudden, what? Uh, and then all of a sudden, um, and then all of a sudden, he 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 goes to sleep and then he wakes up again and he he's like, you know what I really hate too? The freaking trapper. I wish I had never seen that trapper. Oh gosh, yeah, he's go he goes back to the beginning. He, that trapper right. of nothing because of whom I was to catch less than my comrade. Let him and Austin his curses, let him catch least, make his game scarce, make him feeble, taking the smaller of every share, let his quarry escape from his nets. I wish I would have never met that dumb trapper, or that trapper would have never seen me. Yep. So he curses him. 
And then all of a sudden, he's like, okay, forget the trapper. I mean, the trapper is one thing, but that harlot, yep. the, the lady that civilized me, you can re- read what okay. he says to her. He was roused to curse her also. As for you, woman, with a great curse, I curse you. I will promise you a destiny to all eternity. My curse shall come on you soon and sudden. Okay, so this is pretty explicit, what he says, but... So yeah, just, bear, yeah. just just know that it's pretty bad curse. Yeah. You shall be without a roof for your commerce, for your commerce, for you shall not keep house with other girls in the tavern, but do business in places fouled by the vomit of the drunkard. <laughs> your hire will be a potter's earth. Your thievings will be flung into the hovel. You will sit at the crossroads in the dust of the potter's quarter. You will make your bed on the dunghill at night, Oof. and by day you're... Stand in the wall's shadow. Brambles and thorns will tear your feet. The drunk and the dry will strike your cheek and your mouth Ouch. will ache. Let you be stripped of your purple dyes. For I too once in the wilderness with my wife with all the treasures I wished. For I too once. I don't know what the. Yeah. Anyway, so he's like, you, I curse you. You're going to be drunk and non-drunk guys are going to smack you you're gonna you know not be able to make you're gonna be sleeping on a poop hill yep (laughs) a dung hill you know just the the worst like you're gonna have to do all your business in in these places that are just smell like vomit because all the drunks that are in there it's just anyway he and all of a sudden samash hears enkidu you know so he's just in total despair he's like i wish i would have never been born i wish i you know pretty harsh things and also Samash, the sun god's like, hey, Enkidu, why are you cursing the woman, the mistress, who taught you to eat bread fit for the gods and drink wine of kings? She who put you on a magnificent, who put upon you a magnificent garden, did she not give you glorious Gilgamesh for your companion? And has not Gilgamesh, your brother, made you rest in the royal bed and recline on the couch at his left hand? Has he made the princes of the earth kiss your feet? And now all the people of Uruk lament and wail over you. When you are dead, he will let his hair grow long for your sake. He will wear the lion's pelt and wander through the desert. He's like, Anki, you don't know what you do, Ank. You don't know what you do, Ank. He's like, you're not looking at this in the right light. I understand you're going to die and you're kind of upset, but she was the best thing that ever happened to you. She brought Gilgamesh into your life. Yeah. I yeah. mean, she civilized you. Yep. And all of a sudden, Enkidu's like, read the... His, yeah. his, when, he heard, when he heard Shamash, his angry heart grew quiet. I like this part. He called back the curse and said, Woman, I promise you another destiny. The this mouth, is his girlfriend. Yeah. I think he ended up marrying her. I think so. Yeah. Wouldn't they give her a name later, right? Yep. The mouth which curse you shall bless you. Kings, princes, and nobles shall adore you. On your account, a man, though twelve miles off, will clap his hand to his thigh, and his hair will twitch. Whatever that means. Yeah, I don't know. For you, he will undo his belt and open his treasure, and you shall have your desire. Lapis lazuli, gold, and carnelian from the heap in the treasury. Yes. A ring for your hand, and a robe shall be yours. The priest will lead you into the presence of the gods. On your account, a wife, a mother of seven, 
was forsaken. Whatever that means. But he basically changed. He's like, you're right. Yeah. Okay. That was way too far. And he's like, I owe her a lot. He realized maybe yeah, he got, gets really a little nice. grateful. It's really nice. So like, actually, it's been a pretty wonderful life. And uh, so he kind of was had that bitterness and uh but now he's kind of lightened up a little bit then he kind of falls into a little bitterness yeah um and he's talking to um to uh Gilgamesh and he's like it was I who cut down the cedar I who leveled the forest I who slew Humbaba and now see what has become of me look at me I'm dying Gil Gil I'm dying. The heavens roared. The earth rumbled. Back in answer. Between them I stood before the aw- an awful being. Oh, he had this dream. Yeah. So he has this vision. And uh, the somber-faced man-bird comes. And and his, his, his was the face, a vampire face. His yeah. foot was a lion's foot his hand and eagle's talon and so this this thing causes him to grow wings yeah and they fly somewhere and they go to the in this vision uh there's a house whose people sit in darkness dust is their food and clay their meat they're clothed like birds um i entered the house of dust i saw the kings of the earth their crowns put away forever rulers and princes all those who wore kingly crowns and ruled the world in their days of old so he sees you know in the after this this place that all the kings and everything in in the afterlife it doesn't matter what matters is this life yeah i guess yeah i got that too and it's so it's not quite as bad as like he's kind of beating that the that theme is that Whatever happens in the in the afterlife, what what matters is what you do here in this life. So, um, Gilgamesh listened, and his tears flowed. And he opened his mouth and spoke to Enkidu, who is there in strong-walled Uruk, who has the wisdom like this. Strange things have been spoken. The dream was marvelous, but the terror was great. We must treasure the dream whatever the terror for the dream has shown the misery that misery comes at last to the healthy man. The end of life is sorrow. It's kind of sad. <laughs> it's not that as bad as you think, but it's, um, and then here with the, yeah, read that. My friend. My fr- yeah. And this is, uh, Then he called to Gilgamesh, My friend, the great goddess cursed me, and I must die in shame. I shall not die like a man fallen in battle. I fear to fall, but happy is the man who falls in the battle, for I must die in shame. And Gilgamesh wept over Enkidu. With the first light of dawn, he raised his voice and said to the counselors of Uruk. Okay, so we can read the first couple. Hear me, great ones of Uruk, I weep for Enkidu, my friend. Bitterly moaning like a woman mourning, I weep for my brother. O Enkidu, my brother, you were the axe at my side, my hand's strength, the sword in my belt, the shield before me. A glorious robe, my fairest ornament, an evil fate has robbed me. The wild ass and the gazelle that were father and mother 
all long-tailed creatures that nourished you weep for you. Okay, I don't know if you want to read the whole, but... Yeah, he, gives, he basically just... He basically kind of gives a eulogy or... They're all mourning for you. You've made your name. We all loved you. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 sad, but it's sweet. You know, the harlot who anointed you with a fragrant ointment yep. laments for you now. The woman in the palace who brought you a wife, a chosen ring of good advice, lament for you now. So the bull of heaven was killed. They weep for you. And then... Um, he touched his heart, but it did not beat. Yep. Nor did he lift up his eyes again. When Gilgamesh touched his heart, it did not beat. So Gilgamesh laid a veil as one veils the bride over his friend. He began to rage like a lion, like a lioness robbed of her whelps. This way and that, he paced around the bed, and he tore out his hair and strewed it around. He dragged off his splendid robes and flung them down as though they were abominations. Gilgamesh was pissed. And he's like, I made you resin royal bed. You recline on a couch. <sighs> you know, he says the same things that have already been said. You know, like, this is what I did. He's like, but now you're gone. Gone. So, so. they make, um, he commissions a, um, a uh, statue, right? Yeah. Where does it say that right here? It's a, yeah, the make a statue of my friend. The statue is fashioned with great weight. Of course, there's lapis lazuli. You got to have that. that. Yeah, and uh, a table of hardwood and all this stuff. So he sets up this monument to remember him, and this is what starts uh, Gilgamesh his, his next, on his um, search next for adventure. everlasting life because it starts to make him question: What can we live forever? You know, my my friend, my best friend, Enkidu died and so what happens and what you know so there you go well yep. there's the end of Enkidu they had it a, a great you know some epic battles and uh of course now he dies. His, now Gilgamesh's next journey right yeah. starts has moved on we'll we'll start yeah so his most epic journey Yes. To find out the meaning of life. Or maybe not the meaning of life. Well, I guess. But the... to find out if, if the search for everlasting life, I guess. Yeah. That's what it says. <laughs> That's spoiler. Spoiler. Yep. The search for everlasting life is his next journey. Because, yeah, what his life experience, and that's the thing, is that your life experience causes you to ask different questions that you search for that's just you know and that's what life's about so he's been shattered something horrible's happened and now he's gonna he's he spent seven we didn't read that part but he sent seven days in lament yeah and he's like he kind of like pulled himself together and is like what am i gonna do now and so he has his new his new uh focus Mm -hmm. so to maybe look for something deeper than just Mm. just the glory just yeah and just like running around and killing things and and yeah like kind of grow up to the next level now yep all right well had a good time that was, that was good that was good i like i like enkidu enkidu yeah yeah enkidu is one of my favorite was my one of my favorite parts of this entire thing so yeah he's cool yeah what would enkidu i like when he's riding that bull 
He's like, get him. He's like, woohoo. Okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, next time we're going to be going over the last, the last bit of it where, where there's, we, um, he's taken into a strange land and learns Mm -hmm. about the, uh, some cool things. Epic. The story before the flood. Yep. As predicted, as, as pre, um, what was it? As, as uh, prologued. Prologued. As prologued. All right. Cool. All I'll right. Talk to you next time. See ya. Bye. Run, run, run. Run.